Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Judges chapter 7, the Bible says, then Jeroboam, can you say Jeroboam? Jeroboam, that is Gideon, or who is Gideon, I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was north of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand. Lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people return and 10,000 remain. 22,000 are going to go home, right? So they're going to become afraid and they're going to go back home. Tell your neighbor, don't go back home. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Take them down to the water and I will test them for you there. And any one of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, shall go with you. And any one of whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink and the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouth was 300 men, but all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. Verse seven. And the Lord said to Gideon with 300 men who lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hand and let all the others go. Every man to his home. And verse eight. So the people took provisions in their hands and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, but retained the 300 men, and the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. I want to preach to us tonight uh, on this thought, the call is louder than the fall, part two. Stretch your hands to heaven now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you do your work now. Cause revelation to come in the house tonight, Father. The seed of your word, may it find good soil. May it bring change in this room. Father, give us some deliverers. Father, give us some young men and young women in the house that will not be intimidated by culture, Lord God, but will press forward to kingdom come, Father. Father. Oh, Lord God, do a work in this room. Cause us to be doers of your word and not hearers only. In your name we pray. Amen. You can be seated tonight. The call is louder than the fall. And so last week or two weeks ago, we started this series and we talked about the people of Israel in the book of Judges. We see this sin cycle that continues uh, of freedom and then bondage, right? Joy, then sadness, right? Liberty, then oppression. And so uh, generation after generation, they are going to forget God and they're going to refuse to drive out completely the enemy and refuse to tear down completely the idols. And so we looked at the call of Gideon and we determined last week, last week or our last time together when we visited this, this portion of scripture that the call of God is louder than the fall that the enemy would have you tuned into. It's what was exhorted about tonight already. So Gideon is from the 
least tribe uh, of Benjamin and is the least of the least tribe. And Gideon is, 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 is weighed down under the, oppre- the, the pressure of past sin. Everyone knew who the Benjamites were. They knew who they were. Who they, were. they had become famous not for their works unto God, but rather for their perversion. Right? And so Gideon and the Benjamites had, were purposed, uh, purposed to be killed by the other 11 tribes actually set out to destroy them. And certainly when the voice of God came to Gideon hiding in the winepress, all that he could respond in was fear. How God could you use me? What was he talking about? He was talking about the sound, the crippling sound of his past, the crippling sound of sin that caused him to become, become frozen in a lie but the thanks be to God the call is louder than the fall the call of God came and said Gideon I know where you've been I know where daddy's been I know where I know where generations behind you has been and it's been nothing but struggle and nothing but failure but I've saved you for this moment in time to be a deliverer and so tonight we 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 we, we move to chapter 7 and we see here the Bible Bible says, then Jeroboam, who is Gideon, right, which is really interesting, that Gideon has a different name. And so we have to, we have to, we have to look at, at the context here. We understand, we understand that get the voice of God had come to Gideon. And uh, in verse 25 of Judges, the Bible says this, that the, that night the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal. Somebody say repent. That your father has and cut down Asherah. That is beside it. Two gods, two altars that had been, that had been set up by the Israelites. Are you with me? These are God's people. These are God's chosen people. They don't want, these people don't, they don't want destruction. They don't want death. They want the good of the land and they want the blessings of God. They want the purpose of God and they want to be the people of God. Yet here they are having erected two uh, uh, altars of worship to the altars of the day. Baal being a, a God dedicated to dedicated to, uh, to the, the crops and the harvest. And Asherah is one of those, those, those cultic deities where, where the, the people would go and they would, they would begin to make sacrifices uh, by way of sexual acts. And so the, the, a part of the worship to Asherah was to, was to, to, uh, to engage in sexual sacrifices. Uh, and so these are the, this is the people of God who have erected uh, and become uh, blended into the culture that surrounds them. And God says, I have come to call you, Gideon, to be a deliverer in this late hour. And how are you going to do it? He says, you're going to go and you're going to get your, your, father's, your father's bulls and you're going to pull down the altar. And he says this in, in verse 26 of chapter 6, And build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold there with stones laid in due order. Then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering. Say a, sec, a, a fresh sacrifice. 
with wood of the Asherah that you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had told him because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day. And he did it by night. Amen. And so so here we see how Gideon gets a brand new name. And so they wake up the next morning. The altars have been destroyed to the gods that they had become accustomed to worshiping to, the gods that they had become accustomed to depending on for success, right? And so, and so they're angry when they wake up, and his daddy rises up and says, Okay, well, um, if, if, you want, uh, if you want to defend Baal, then let Baal defend himself. He's a god. And so if all it takes is to take down his altar to destroy Baal, then let Baal defend himself. And, uh, and he earns the nickname Jerobebel, <clears throat> uh, does Gideon. And so here we see that, that, uh, that the, the people of Israel are bent on a path of, of, of destruction. And, and so because they knew that, that their way, of course, was, was better, Right? And so, isn't it just like us? Like God, 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 Holy Spirit highlights His direction in our lives. Holy Spirit highlights the, the, the areas uh, in, in, uh, in our life that He wants us to surrender to Him or, or that He wants us to, 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 to yield to Him or, or the direction that He wants us to go. But we're smarter. We know better. Right? And so we know better, and so we do it our way. And we think that we're on the path to blessing, but in reality, it's destruction. Why? Because our way is better. And so I don't know what you do with a culture that is, that is on a fast track to hell. And so we've got, we've got, uh, you know, we've, we've come to an age in America where it's a little bit frightening, in fact. Um, I've, I've come to a place in my own career path where I've questioned God. God, I don't even know. I'm so uncomfortable in this culture that's emerging. Uh, I don't even know if this is where I want to be. I don't know if I want to continue to come into an environment that literally is, is, is uh, in states all around us, is mandating the type of, the type of education and in, literal indoctrination of perversion. I'm not sure that I, 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 want, to, I want to be a part of, part of that. So what do you do? What do you do with a culture that is hell-bent on their own way? Do you throw in the towel? You say, oh, not me. I'll go and hide in a corner. <clears throat> I, I'll go and, and, I'll go and, and find, uh, find my, my Christian community and we'll just dwell together. <clears throat> I'll go start a, uh, a, I'll start a, a Christian Facebook and I'll start a, a Christian ball team and I'll start, a, uh, I'll start a, a Christian bowling alley and I'll start a Christian and we'll just create a complete subculture, Right? Like this is this is sometimes our default is to separate from the things that the thi when I say separate, I'm not talking about um, I'm talking about totally just wipe clean, cleanse your hands of of a culture that we don't understand or that we don't relate to. Right. And so um, I, I, I want to remind you that God always reserves his greatest prophets for the darkest hour. I'll say that again. He always reserves his greatest prophets for the darkest hour. And there's not a point in the book of Judges where it got so dark where God didn't already have a man on deck 
pre-planned from the foundation of the world. God foreknew that the people of Israel would turn in their own way, but from the foundation of the world, he had 11 men and women set up to be deliverers. It's going to get dark. It's going to become uncomfortable. It's going to be contrary to everything that you know might be right in this culture, in this America, but I come to remind you tonight that God is not surprised, and it could be that we've got some Deborahs, some Baraks, some Gideons in the room that he has planned from the foundation of the earth for this hour to be a deliverer, not to run and hide. Not to run and hide. And so listen here. We're not going to be intimidated. I don't care how, I don't care how much culture tells you that you're a bigot. I don't care how much culture tells you that purity culture is somehow wrong. I don't care how much the culture that you live in tries to tell you and tell the church that the church is backward. We come to, we come to stand on the word of God. We come to stand uh, as a testimony of the delivering power of the Christ. And so a God that's not intimidated by woke culture, a God that won't allow the waters of the enemy to put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. We've come to declare the truth of, of God's gospel that there is a deliverer and although it looks like the church is under attack, we serve a God that's setting the church up for an ambush of hell. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be intimidated by the, the darkness around. Oh, it looks like a good opportunity to shine bright. Oh, I'm telling you, everything within me says it's time to look for another vocation. But there's another voice in me that says it's ripe for revival, baby. Hallelujah to God. And so Gideon was raised up and plucked up by God at a point of great darkness. The people of God are worshiping with deviant sexual acts. Are you serious? We're not that dark yet. We're not that dark yet. I understand that we've got, we've got woke churches today that are, that are winking at and, and, and bending to everything that, that culture says that they should accept. I understand that. I understand that there are always there's always among the masses, there are always those who, who, are, who are, are going to, to be driven away and carried away by all kinds of winds of doctrine. But I also understand that the God that we serve has always had a remnant to stand on his word and to declare, to declare that God is who he says he is. Hallelujah. And so we're not too far away from the Jesus movement that emerged in the 60s when they're gunning down people in, in Ohio. They're gunning down people at, at, uh, at the university. What's the university in Ohio where our National Guard was shooting down people? Somebody help me out. Kent State. Shooting, shooting people at Kent State where culture was, was so, was the division in America was, was greater than even at this point in this hour. We talk about how divided America is, uh, is today. But I come to tell you that in that dark hour, what did God do? He raised up his men. He raised up his women who waved the bloodstained banner and revival fire fell in the midst of the greatest division that brought great unity. And so I was 
talking this week to a pastor friend who, uh, who many of you know, he ministered with us uh, in Southern, at Southern Ohio Youth Camp. He has a church of about 80 people, uh, Pastor Joel Horn. And so the Horn family who have traveled America singing and leading worship. And so Pastor Joel's been 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 posting about about a move of God that their church has been been experiencing and so I had to call him I said brother tell me what's going on and he said Matt I don't have anything to say except revival he said since February 14th Valentine's Day the Holy Spirit just bursted into our our 80 person church and since Valentine's Day was just about a month ago a little over a month ago he said we've seen 400 souls come to the the knowledge of Christ Jesus why because God has always purposed a man hallelujah Oh, are there any Gideons in the house tonight that refuse to be intimidated, that refuse to kneel at the lie of culture, that refuse to allow the water of the enemy to put out the fire of God? Oh, is there any Gideons tonight who will be willing to tear down an altar of hell and establish an altar of righteousness? Hallelujah to God. Every falling away in Judges had its deliverer. Othniel, Shamgar, Deborah, Gideon, Tola, Jair, Jephthah, Ibsen, Elon, Abdon, and Samson. Hallelujah. Deliverers who refused to take no for an answer. Who refused to allow fear and intimidation. Who would draw a line in the sand. Who would not settle for the status quo. Who believed that there was a better word than what culture was declared. How did these men emerge? Number one, an altar. They emerged through an altar. Hallelujah. To turn from destruction and become the destructive force for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so Gideon goes at night and he tears down the altar. And so write this down. Change your destination by changing your direction. You want to change your direction, your, your destination? You do so by changing your direction. And although your destination is not changed overnight, your direction is. Do you hear me? Although your destination is not changed overnight, your direction is. What is repentance? It is a change of direction. It is canceling the plan of hell for your life. It is turning towards the hand of God and the blessing of God and the plan of God for your life. Change your destination by changing your direction. And this is precisely what Gideon was able to do for the people of Israel. And so this is the powerful thing about individuals. And so in the kingdom, every one of us are connected. And so understand that when you change your direction, it could be that you change a direction for a whole generation. Hallelujah. Do you hear me? It could be that you change direction for a whole generation. When you cancel the plan of the enemy for your life, it could be that you're canceling the plan of the enemy for your city, for your home, for your school with one change of heart. One change. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we see in our passage then Jeroboam, who is Gideon, destinations change. This is over and over in Scripture. We see this, right? A name change isn't just a name, right? But the name carried the connotation of destiny. 
right? Gideon changes his name or his name is changed and thereby the direction of his life and his his people are changed. And look at this. Jeroboam, who is in Gideon and all the people that there with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod. And so they set up camp beside the well of Herod. This is, this is quite common. This is a, a, a common uh, metaphor that, that the Lord uses throughout Scripture to point us to the source of our strength and the source of our identity and the source of our joy and the source of our commitment is the, the, the flowing river of Holy Spirit. They pitch their tent by the well of by the well of, of Herod. And this is where they're going to, where, they're, where the Lord is going to do the refining work down to the 300 is by this well, this stream, and this river where they're going to lap or drink from this, from this well. And so in 1 Kings chapter 17, we see where Elijah is getting ready to be uh, established as. Uh, as an altar wrecker for the kingdom of God and tear down the works of darkness. But for three years, do you know, they, no one knew where he was at? For three years, he couldn't be found. Nobody knew where he was at, but the Lord pushed him out and sent him to, uh, to the streams, right? And so he's isolated for three years, and all the while he's drinking from the well of heaven. What is he doing at that well? He's receiving strength. He's receiving strength. By drinking from the water of the Holy Spirit. And so Psalm 110 and 7 says this. He shall drink of the brook in the way. And therefore shall he lift up the head. This is a, this is a, a messianic uh, song. This is a song of, of Jesus. Uh, a prophetic song of Jesus. Who had to learn even as the Christ. Had to learn to drink from the brook along the way, who had to drink from the, from, the, from the wells of the Spirit of God, of the empowering Holy Ghost that Jesus himself had to learn and receive as his source and as his supply. And this is how he could keep his head up, even in the garden where he's saying, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Where does the strength come? from it comes from holy spirit he shall drink of the brook in the way and therefore shall he lift up the head hallelujah and so here we see in revelation 22 and 17 in the spirit and the bride say come and let him that hear us say come and let all that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely we're talking about a source that Gideon tapped into that was his sustaining power that gave him hope that gave him enduring strength that caused him to lift his head high in the midst of the darkness what was it it was the power of the Holy Spirit it was the the power of the Holy Spirit that had yet been poured out that they were drinking from at the brook of Herod and I come to tell someone tonight that there is a source there is a power source when you feel like you've run all that you can run when you feel like darkness is invading all around you there's a water 
that can spring forth like a river. Hallelujah. From your belly that can sustain you, that can strengthen you, that can keep your head high. And so this is what Holy Spirit has been doing for me, even in the process. And this is often how messages come. They come to the minister, right? And they're for the minister. And so my wife and I have been talking even about, about the circumstances of, of uh, public education and, and, and how long I'm going to be able to, to withstand. And so, oh, but the fresh touch of his spirit, a fresh touch of his water. Hallelujah to God. And so we read that Samson, uh, like Gideon, also found a source of water to sustain him. Samson had just had just encountered the greatest victory of his life. He had killed he had killed hundreds, uh, hundreds of uh, of the enemies of God, of Philistines. And 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 the, the Bible says that he had come and he says, have you given me this great victory just to allow me to die of thirst? Could it be that success really isn't enough to sustain you? Could it be that a microphone really isn't enough to carry you? Could it be that a title really will never be enough to, 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 to be the source that carries you in the darkest hours? And so what does the Lord do? He provides, he provides a water source for Samson to be revived. And I come to tell you tonight that there is a reviving in the house. Where do I get this reviving? I'll tell you where. The Bible says that in Ezekiel we read of a, we read of, a, of an altar where, where from the altar the water begins to stream out and it's just a trickle as it comes out the door. And the Bible says it begins to flow out of that, of that tabernacle and it begins to flow into dry places. And get this, the drier the atmosphere, the deeper the water. What does that tell me? The darker it gets... <laughs> The more toxic culture gets, there's a source. There's an anointing. Oh, there's a sustaining power that will cause me to lift my head high. Oh, but I don't get it. I don't get the source until I step out into the arid places. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that ironic? Where we think that the sources, the, the, the depths of God are right here on a Thursday night. We think that the depths of God are at an impact youth conference. We think that the depths of God are, are, are in the sanctuary. But I read that when I take the water of God and the Spirit of God with me, the farther I get from the tabernacle, the deeper the well begins to run in me and out of me. Hallelujah. Gideon, you are enough. Oh, I know you've been hiding in the cave and I know you've been hiding in the wine press. Oh, but you can't hide from His grace and His mercy. And don't look now, but you can't hide from the enemy either. I don't care what kind of attitude you put on, what kind of dress you put on, what kind of activity you involve yourself in, what kind of sport, what kind of success. You cannot hide from the enemy. Oh, but I tell you tonight, I can read in Psalm, <laughs> Psalm chapter 91, where there is a place where you can hide. Hallelujah to God. So 
Psalm 91 says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I'll trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the, from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. There's a place I can hide and it's not in my occupation. It's not in my success. It's not in ministry. It's in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And when when Gideon encounters the living God and the voice of God, he discovers he doesn't have to hide anymore. And when he discovers the source of God, hallelujah, he finds the strength of God to keep his head high. Hallelujah. And so there's a well tonight for you to draw from freely for every believer in here for every adult in here who's been weary along the way there is a solution and it is a fresh drink from the water of his spirit hallelujah to God and so as I go deeper and as I go further out into the darkness and into the arid places the capacity for me to carry the glory of God and the anointing of God become 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 more sure in this vessel I have more of his glory. I have more of his anointing. I have more of his Holy Spirit. If I am willing to step far into arid places, if I am willing to risk all and surrender all, if I'm willing to believe like Gideon that it's not in the mighty men that are after me, it's not in the 20,000, it's not in the 10,000, God. If it's got to be 300, I'll go to the dark place. I'll go to the arid place. And I'll release kingdom wherever you lead me. And so, but... I don't just run and run and run and run to the darkness either. This is a, this is a problem in, 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 in preaching to, to any group of people. But we have some that are that are ready, that are ready to go. Right. But we have some that aren't ready. You don't run to the arid place until you have the source. And so tonight, some of us need to come back to the source. Do you understand the source? Although it's a trickle. Oh, if you drink of this water, you shall never thirst again. Oh, it may just be a trickle, but it's enough. Where do I find it? At the altar. That's where it was in the Old Testament. That's where it's at tonight. The waters of the Spirit are found at the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, hallelujah to God. Mm. So listen, he, he tears down the altars, right? He repents. He's filled. But guess what? It's not to sit around and have a holy Jesus sprinkles and cupcakes and rainbows and pegasuses. Hey, let's have a party. Ain't no party like the Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Right? Like... Yeah, this is what we do as a, as a church. We have these big meetings, right? Big conferences. And then we celebrate about the freedom that we walk in, right? And so, which is awesome, right? And so it's, it's incredible that, that we serve a God that, that can utterly, utterly set you free. Unlike the people of Israel, you can know real, real freedom and real victory. You don't have to live in a sin cycle, right? But you can know real freedom and real victory. Dylan last week gave his heart, his life to God, and he said, you've changed direction, 
right? There's been a direction change. And so, and so you may not be where you want to be, but I promise you the direction has changed. And if you'll stay true to the direction, okay, if you'll keep trusting him in his word, the destination is going to change. Amen. And so understand tonight, it may not look a really good right now where you're at, but keep walking, keep trusting. Hallelujah. For I know the plans I have for you, saith God, to give you a hope and a future and an expected end. There is a plan. There is a purpose. Sometimes though, you've got to go to the valley. I'll show you. Go ahead, Jess. I need to close. Verse 8, chapter 7. Verse 8 of chapter 7. Look at that. So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets. And we'll talk about the fact that they didn't have any weapons. Another time. And he sent all of the rest of Israel, every man unto his tent, and retained those 300 men they didn't notice and they had a Holy Ghost party now they made cupcakes and had rainbow blow ups and and pegasuses talked about how they were better than everybody else no and the host of Midian was beneath them in the valley oh there are times where I've got to go through the valley there are times, Ezekiel, there's a valley full of dry bones. And just because I'm in a valley, and just because I've been in a valley for a long time, <laughs> does not mean that the valley is my destination. But it could mean that there's an enemy there that I have been purposed from the foundation of the earth to conquer and drive out utterly and completely. It could be, David, that there's a giant in the valley of Elah who's taunted you long enough, who's told you that you're but a youth with ruddy and red cheeks and that you'll never amount to anything. Or, and it could be that you've been planned and purposed by God. Oh, I know that, 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 that we may not know all of your gifts and talents. I know that a lot of people might not know your name. Can I tell you that name recognition is in no way correlated to the anointing of God on your life? You need to get this tonight. I know we're bent on being an influencer. The Lord doesn't need you to be an influencer on social media. You hear me? We buried Alan Day this week. He was a deacon in this church. Most of y'all don't know Alan. <clears throat> but if you're, if you're older in the place, you do. The only reason why you don't know him is because, because he's older. But if you'd come up in the church, you would know that Alan Day was the man 
who mowed the lawns of this church every week, who we needed every week without, you could count on it. He scheduled his job around, around doing ministry uh, in the church. And when he got his schedule, he actually brought it to the church and said, now, pastor, here's my schedule. Where can you use me? And every time we went to youth camp, Alan Day was here. We didn't even have to call him. He was here with the buses already warm. Every time we went to youth rally, Alan Day, he'd call me. All right, you need a ride driver? Brother Day, you know I do. I'll be there. Nobody asked him, Kyle, to be in the greeting team. But his whole life, he was a greeter. Every church service opening the door can I tell you he was one man most y'all never knew his name but can I tell you held it there's a lot of people who claim to be messengers of Christ you know them by their fruits we don't have to make excuses for them everybody knows them but I promise you hell doesn't could there be Alan Days in this place say I don't have to have a platform everybody doesn't have to know my name hallelujah do you know Gideon the least of the tribe of Benjamin no wonder hell was so bent on taking out the Benjamites do you know that that was the plan of the Hebrew people the 11 tribes had ganged up on on the Benjamites to, to completely completely annihilate them but God stepped in said save 600 alive you know why there's a Gideon was a Gideon. Before you ever got here, hell was bent on bringing destruction and death in your direction. You wonder why it's been so hard for you? The enemy knows your name. Do you hear me? The enemy knows the plan of God and the purpose of God on your life. And before you were ever conceived in your mother's womb, it could be that the enemy knew this destiny was on your life. Bible says that God allowed Gideon to go into the camps of the Midianites and he got to overhear the enemy the Midianites he got to overhear guess whose name they were they were talking about the man that nobody knew the one that his own people did the Israelites didn't even know who Gideon was but the Midianites did the enemy knew why? Because he said yes to the Lord. And God used the least to, to be a deliverer to change the direction of an entire nation. Oh God, give us some Gideons in the house who recognize it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, saith the Lord. Oh God, who will commit themselves to an altar, who will commit themselves to a water source, who will allow Holy Spirit to flow like a river, begin to spring up in them and out of them, who won't be persuaded by a platform, by a ministry. Oh, but God will be bent on hell's destruction. You know why we don't have any missionaries? Any male missionaries relative to female missionaries? Do you know female missionaries outnumber male missionaries a ratio of eight to one? You know why? 
Nobody knows missionaries. We wonder why missionaries come back with stories of glory. dead people coming back to life the recovering of sight why arid places call for deep waters hallelujah dry places call for deep streams hallelujah hallelujah so no I'm not going to run and hide from a woke culture no I'm not going to kneel I'm not going to kneel to social media that tells me that every time I post about church, about righteousness, about purity, about purity living, no, I'm not going to be intimidated by people that tell me that I'm a bigot, that I'm a racist, that I'm a, that I'm, no, I'm quite the opposite, actually. Oh, my goodness, am I the opposite. Oh, I love them. I love them so much, I'm willing to lay down my reputation for them. Oh, let them call me what they will. Let them say what they will about me. I don't need their stamp of approval. I just need them to know that they're loved, that the path they're on is destruction, and there's a better way. There's a better story. There's a better song written about them. Hallelujah. So the sound, the sound of the enemy is loud, I understand. I understand it can be intimidating. I understand the call of God at times can feel overwhelming. overmatched and I know that our gut reaction sometimes is to run and hide it's easier that way but we're not hiding from anything we've already proved that so I'll speak this to you tonight Hebrews 12 and 24 the Bible says that the blood of Jesus speaks, oh, and it's a loud voice, speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Hallelujah. Cain, Cain took his brother's life, and the Bible says that the blood cried from the earth. And the Bible says that God from heaven heard the blood of Abel. Why? Because the blood has a voice. But there is a blood that dripped at Calvary that has a better word and a louder voice than even Abel. And it is the blood of Christ Jesus. And it's louder than every intimidating fears, intimidating word of the enemy. It's louder than woke culture. It's louder than fear and shame. Hallelujah. Allow the blood of Jesus propel you to the uttermost parts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Really quickly, bow your heads across this room if you're here tonight. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.